climate and weather. I think we are all familiar with the climate and weather and how it affects our lives daily. When it rains, plants grow, we get free water to cook, bath, and feed our animals. When the sun lights, we all know photosynthesis occurs in our plants, but also we get to easily dry our wash clothes. Today, we are not here to talk about these effects of the weather and climate, but how they are considered in designing buildings. Let's look at how all that works when it comes to the beginning stages of designing buildings. This is the paradigm shift to bring a change to the thinking of architecture. I am Zimu. This is Architectural Revolution. How does the weather affect the site? Is the site exposed to the weather elements and does it need to be protected? How much shelter needs to be provided on a site? Do we want to turn the building away from strong prevailing winds? What if the winds come from the same direction that has the best view? These are some of the questions architects ask themselves when considering climate and weather for a design. It is quite important to get these things right in the beginning or at least that possibility of creating a building that doesn't work well with the weather elements. It's very high. Now, a building that doesn't work well with the elements, you know, is one that is surely heading to a disaster. Okay, and you have to take, for example, designing a building in a flood-prone zone or in the part of a waterway, which we really do. It really happens here, you know. So if that building does not cater to those issues, those particular issues, it would be flooded when the rains come pouring down. Now, I'm sure you've seen one or two news coverage or another of flooded homes and people you know, displaced from their residences due to not considering the weather and its effect on the site. And it's a big problem that surely, that mostly happens in Accra. Now, you've also probably also heard of its, I think last year, yes, last year in 2022, when the rains came down, it really caused a lot of problems in Kumasi as well. That's in the Ashanti region. And not only houses but the road was flooded and even though it's not a building but that's kind of a problem because it's a means of transport from one end to another and when it's raining we all need to get home so if the road is also flooded that's in of itself a problem and it's something that you know even though there are gutters there the gutters were flooded before the road became flooded and a whole lot of problems came about. People, unfortunately, you know, lost their lives. But there was nothing that could be done at that moment. But there's something that can be done before building a house. We can consider the climate. We can consider the weather of a situation of that locality. We can consider 
the sites. We can look at the soil structure, the geological reports, sorry, the geotechnical reports. Look at how it forms. Look at the waterways, what is around it. And then we, and then we compare that with the weather situation. And it doesn't even have to be the particular weather situation of that locality, but even the weather situation for maybe the whole city. You know, taking the rainy season, how much it pours, the information is there. And even doing just a little can really help in so many ways. Now, I was talking about flooded homes and people displaced. And I remember this example of a house being flooded. I'm not really sure of the location, but I think it was Oyarifa also. And, you know, they had built... They put up a building it was not really that old so it's a house and it's flooded they completed it not a, a, a it wasn't that long ago that it completed probably a year or two or three but it was flooded right now one it was built on a waterway that was their first mistake but again beggars can be choosers of their sites maybe a developer did it and somebody bought the site. They didn't know. Okay, now that's that's something we can't fault anybody or any home uh, homeowner of. Two, whoever, however the building was designed or constructed, did not create drainage system. Okay, so without a drainage system, the water had no way to go because its path was blocked. Right. Naturally, rains come down. I don't know how, but water just follows its directed path. And it tried to do that. There were no drains in front of the house. There were no drains in the compound of the house. And the water had no way to go than to just collect itself and just rise. I don't know whether I was trying to reach the heavens, but it was just rising. And it's it caused a problem for the... The, the residents of the home because the building became easily flooded within minutes and then they were stuck there for days. They were stuck in their own home for days. If you do not want to be in that situation at all and you are going to build your own home, you're going to have your home designed, really do consider that, especially in Accra. But I wouldn't say in Accra, in every part of the home. And that's why we have to consider climate and weather in every design. We have to solve for possibilities. We have to think of that. Okay. Yes, you can leave everything to the architect, but this is also a way for you to be aware of what might happen. You already know what is happening, but you want you have to know how you can get it done and how you can solve this. Question what is going on and the possibilities of that. Okay, so having considering weather and the climate and this is i'm talking about in terms of rain in this situation really can help to avoid your home being your home being flooded and you losing property and also your property being damaged in so many ways and then when you think of property damage not only maybe the internal your in, the equipment Equipment in the home were destroyed, but the building itself can be destroyed by, by rains. 
Yeah. Now, there are some buildings that would not have used good or excellent materials to be built. And then when it rains just one time, let's say the walls are not strong enough, it gets wet. Then after a few days, it starts to crumble because the moisture is too much and it can't dry quickly because it, it didn't set very well. And it just takes in the moisture and then the water just goes through everything easily. Also, if we are talking about building on waterways and even though they, they are gutters, but your floor slab does not have a damp-proof membrane or a damp-proof course where it stops the water seeping from the ground up by capillary reaction. If you do remember your science in um, the science long ago, the water rises and there's no membrane, which is normally a plastic rubber. And, you know, it also has a course because it's a whole layer within the floor slab that will prevent the water from seeping through the concrete floor to the top and then through the tiles. And then it just, the water, you can see the water on the spots, the bottoms, uh, you see water spots at the bottom of your walls. You, see, you can feel that it's wet and because it, it also starts to climb up the wall as well. And that's too much for the wall to take in. That also destroys, you know, the, the structure, even, yeah, the structure of the building. And even if the walls are not the main structure, but having that being destroyed, it's not a good feeling you know and also even if once it goes through the floor slab the rooms can then get flooded in one way or another and i bet you you do not you do not want that considering climate and weather has has its good effects for designing buildings and looking at it in various ways helps prevent certain disasters from occurring now, architects are to design buildings that respond to the climate. And, and for those who are living rather than consuming. Now, you may be aware that climate change has become a thing and a problem, a real problem, causing trouble for humanity in the 21st century. I don't know why I started in the 21st century, but probably started before, but let's just say it's been causing trouble here in the 21st century and the guys fighting climate change they've been trying to solve this issue by reducing carbon dioxide emissions and and everything to try and stop the weather the, the climate from changing but recently if you've realized um it's you can really feel and experience the Climate changing in so many ways, and here and here in Ghana as well. Cause we experience, let's just let me use Hamatan for example. We experience Hamatan in certain times, but then it it just doesn't come or it's on. It comes for a short while, and then it skips a whole month, and then comes when it's never supposed to come. This year, for example, we had. Amatan, that's in February for like a week. It just came suddenly. And you're like, no, this is not supposed to happen at all. Because this is not your time. Why are you, why are you late? You jumped, you skipped one month. You, you cannot be late. This is not your period. 
Okay, and then so climate change has that big effect, and one of the largest contributors to it is the building industry. In the industry that I mean, the industry that a lot of people are in, contractors, engineers, you know, and with the continuing sprawl of the concrete jungle and everything, it will continue to affect climate change unless we try to reduce again our carbon emissions, our carbon footprints. That's a whole lot of science again, but that's just something that we should be aware of. That's why we try to build sustainably to slow down the process of climate change. Because when, when we are designing, now when we are designing with climate in mind, we try to optimize a building according to certain specific characteristics of that particular site. So that we minimize the extremes, the extreme use of energy and also reduce the impacts on the natural environment. Designing with the local climate in mind really looks at the, the direction of the sun. We know the sun rises from the east, sets at the west, but that's not the only direction that we look at. Um, lights from the sunlight can come through the north area and the south as well. The sun is huge. It's, it rises from the east and sets to the west, but the light is like all around us, 360 degrees. Then the environmental conditions of the site, such as the wind, rainfall, humidity, right? Humidity, the seasonality of the weather, as I was saying, Hamatan. It has a season, but it's just, it's just skipping things. It's doing things on its own. And then also taking into consideration uh, the natural shade that is provided by the surrounding areas which the site is located. And all this helps to design pleasant buildings that ensure that the users of the space, that is you, that you are comfortable and then you have... You, there's a reduced dependency on artificial energy or fossil fuels, fossil fuels, and that artificial artificial energy is more of oil and you know non-renewable sources of energy. We try to reduce our dependence on it because when we depend on the weather, designing with that in mind, especially you take um, the designing with solar panels we are considering the weather of the site now we add solar panels to it so that then again we, we will then reduce our dependence on um the grid the electric the electrical grid which depending on the country that in it's a non-renewable source of energy okay that you have been fed and then you pay for and that's not good at certain times in ghana you all know that we had problems with our electricity, the Doomsaw era, where the government told us that um, the, the water level was low and so they can't provide us with a lot of... They can't provide us with electricity um, frequently or as usual, where there's no, there, there's no blackouts, um, for some days so they had to do load shedding which was a whole lot of problems protests and everything so you see we depend on that source of energy but if we 
if we had our own our own way of doing things and we depended on maybe wind or solar we wouldn't have a problem because now we are looking at we are now depending on uh, natural energy for for our comfort for our, uh, our electricity use and everything that is involved with it because now we are we are designing with the weather and the climate in mind okay and that is how we do it that's how was one of the one of the ways we design with climate and weather for our buildings for comfort and for everything again when we are designing buildings that respond to climate and weather we have to begin with climate data and to acquire this data we need to know first the sun's position in the sky at a given time and season how much rain would fall on the sites each season what are the effects uh, the wind will have on a building keep in mind the comfort of the users and to meet these conditions a building has to you know meet its functional requirements and to most importantly of all provide comfort there are some ways to achieve that with a climate responsive design climate responsive design is what most people are now going for most designers trying to have their designs respond to the climate of um, you know what's happening and then now people are taking it a step further in considering the climate changes okay hopefully everything stabilizes but we have to be prepared for what's coming next and everything nice that could happen so now in designing climate um, with climate in mind you know creating a climate responsive design it involves analyzing the site to understand um the problems that could happen on the building and then we have to place the the building considering the cardinal point the cardinal directions that is north south east and west then we factor in where the windows can be placed to their orientation looking at double or triple paneled low e coated glass now this type of glass where we use for our windows would reduce and when i say reduce like drastically reduce the amount of heat passing through the glass pane and into the interior of the spaces right you get a lot of lights but will cut down the amount of heat coming through and then the space inside would be cool have you have you been in a space where um you know the windows are closed uh, probably side sliding let's use sliding windows okay the windows are closed the sun was not uh, the sun is not um is out and then the light is coming through the windows as it should but the heat inside is just too much you you don't feel comfortable unless you you switch on the air conditioning or maybe the the fan the electric fan okay I, i've experienced one where i was in the i was in a room and the windows were not that large it was sliding windows the glass was one pane it wasn't it wasn't a double paneled uh, window 
It wasn't low E coated. And the heat inside was just too much. I had to take out my face towel and clean myself almost every minute. Cleaning my face every minute because the sweat was too much. I couldn't stand being in that room because the, the windows didn't factor in the climate. And even the problem, you see, it, it couldn't factor in the climate because it, it was just too much. Maybe there's a reason why they they didn't do that but that is not my problem my only problem in that moment was that i was standing inside no fan you know the f there's no fan on there was no ac the windows were closed and the heat was just unbearable and so what i had to do was immediately open the windows to get some air in and to also reduce the heat but uh, i mean it, it was too much right so if we don't consider climate responsive design, if we don't design uh, responsibly considering climate, this is what happens. And you can really do that by using these types of um, glass. Now, even if it's not it's not low E coated glass and it's still double paneled or triple paneled, that will reduce a lot of um, heat coming coming into the room. Okay. Now another way where we respond to the climate in design would be reducing the the building footprint reducing the size of our building the scale of it that that benefits from you know an increase in natural daylighting right and so let me give an example how you can really understand by uh, how building footprints reduce will increase the natural daylight in a room if we have a larger um how uh, a larger room let's just use a room a, a big so there's a large footprint of a building and we have a room that's about let's use eight by five no let's let so let, large footprint the room eight by four meters okay we have sunlight coming through now approximately based on um the amount of natural natural light that can come into a room and calculation. Now the architects know this. The light can travel up to about 7.5. That's also depending on the height of the window. Okay. And 7.5 is the max it can go for almost every window. Yes. 7.5 is the max. And that is even the at the 7.5 meters is where the least amount of sunlight reaches. And that's at the bottom of the floor. So the rest of the room is dark. Okay, so now with that 8 meters, even though it's not at the 7.5 mark, we have about five, 0 0.5 meters of room space which has no light. Okay, and then even within the 7.5, the space on top of it, that's the higher point of the room, that has no light. Now, if you have a smaller building footprint, and now we are considering four by four. The room would certainly be flooded with light. Okay. Now we do not, in this instance, we do not have to use, we do not have to use artificial light. We do not have to switch on our LED bulbs, incandescent lights, whatever is using the room, strip lights, and, you know, whatever lighting, artificial lighting source will be used in the room. We don't have to switch it on during the day. I'm sure in your lifetime, you've been to a room where, 
immediately you went in, it was dark and you just had to switch on, find that light switch and switch it on. Now a room like that didn't consider how to make sure that the 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 room has natural lights from um, 6 to 5 p.m. Let's just, okay, yeah, 5 p.m. or even 4 p.m. Okay, that's a lot of hours where we just have natural lights. But if you go into the room around 10 a.m. and then, you know, the, the light is not, the natural light is not enough. So you need an artificial light to support it so that you can see what you're doing inside and move around with ease. That there is a problem. That there is a room or it's a design that didn't consider the climate and how it can really affect it positively to create something that is, you know, is, 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 is a no-brainer, right? And that is everything. Having a room with no, no natural light just doesn't make sense. So consider a smaller building footprint to get more natural light. And if you want more natural light into your spaces, then you don't have to create bigger rooms, bigger spaces, and even bigger building. There are so many ways you can have a big building and still have the rooms with a smaller footprint. Okay, and then we still we still get the room flooded with daylight from about 6 a.m. to 4 p.m. or give or take 5 p.m. At, at, the, at the most. And then the last one in considering climate responsive design would involve the amount of energy that we use to cool or heat a building. We have to reduce the dependence on it by using natural systems such as the wind and the sun. And I talked about this. I spoke about it a few, just a few minutes ago. Reduce our dependence on, on the artificial ways of cooling or heating a building. And you know, cooling or heating a building depends on your region. We are in the tropical region, so we will be more concerned about cooling our spaces. The, temp, uh, the temperate region will think about heating their spaces more often than cooling their spaces. They will cool their spaces during the summer, but in the winter, spring, and the fall, they will think about uh, heating, heating their spaces. Okay, so reduce our dependence on you know, doing those that um, heating or cleaning our spaces by looking at natural systems of providing that. By looking at the sun, we have solar panels. We can easily run even inefficient at um, air conditioner systems and electric fans. But I wouldn't advise you to go for inefficient ones. If you have solar panels, you can do efficient. You can use efficient air conditioning systems. And now. Uh, in Ghana, we have every every um, electrical appliance always comes with the rating. So you can go for, you can be looking for the four star or the five star, and those are said to be really efficient. Those are really efficient, or other electric fans that have those those ratings. Okay, or we can use wind, the wind turbine. Small wind turbine can power home really well. Reduce our dependence on on artificial system, ways of cooling our buildings. And, you know, so these are the ways where we can achieve climate responsive design and uh, really, and where we really consider these elements in designing our buildings.
So now designing with climate and weather in mind looks at so many things and it puts it together to create a building that is responsive to climate and comfortable for its future uses. So this is what architects try to reach out for. We try, architects try to reach out for the comfortability of its users and for their optimum benefits. That is all architects try to do in their design, in their design for you, in their design for, for the community and for the society. As Caesar Pelli said, the desire to reach for the sky runs very deep in the human psyche. And, you know, it is this psyche that wants architects to create a building that doesn't fail when it comes, when it becomes time to face the elements of the weather. And that's all for now. If you enjoyed today's chapter, please subscribe to the podcast, share to others, and leave a review so many other people can discover it as well. Until next time, do take care.